We regrettably wander through the unforgivable reimagining of the chapter Inside Information from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit to Peter Jackson's film The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, where deviations run rampant and artistic license pushes the boundaries of Tolkien's beloved tale. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We rejoin Bilbo, Thorin, and the dwarves as the secret door opens into Erebor at around 2 hours and 5 minutes into the extended edition. This chapter takes us all the way to the movie's closing moments at 2 hours and 55 minutes later with Smog soaring toward Lake Town. Now, fellow wanderers, let's not focus on the countless scene-by-scene differences and changes. Instead, I want to share with you three adaptations that, in my humble opinion, are simply dreadful. Brace yourselves. First, we encounter the subplot of Keeley, who is plagued by sickness from an orc-inflicted wound. He and a few other dwarves have been left behind. Now, I have a few criticisms with the addition of Kingsfoil in this movie. To me, it breaks all token lore and drastically undermines the true significance of the herb. This misguided gag diminishes the importance of Aragorn's use of Kingsfoil, or as he calls it, Ethelas. In the Houses of Healing, after the Battle of Pelennor Fields, Aragorn used this very herb to heal Faramir, Eowyn, and Merry. But here's the fascinating part. An old prophecy states, quote, The hands of the king are the hands of a healer, and so the rightful king would ever be known. In Gondor, the king's healing powers, showcased through his use of Ethelas, were an unmistakable mark of his royalty. The healers and even the herb master dismissed Ethelas as nothing more than a fragrant plant. However, Aragorn, as the true king of Gondor, possessed the knowledge and ability to unlock its potent healing properties. It is through this herb that he reveals his kingship, reviving Faramir, Eowyn, and Merry from the brink of darkness. He even used it before, in the Fellowship movie, when the stakes were even higher. Frodo, the ring bearer, was stabbed by a Morgul blade. Aragorn's use of Ethelas slowed the spread of the soul-fading poison. And who could forget Sam, the loyal gardener, recognizing Kingsfoil as a humble weed? Such a scene brims with actual narrative tension, logical character choices, and a hint of foreshadowing. Now let us return to the Hobbit movie. What are the stakes here? A mere dwarf with a wound tainted by common orc poison? Yes, it would be tragic if he perished. But the fate of Middle-earth does not hang in the balance. Besides, his injury was not inflicted by one of Sauron's most formidable servants, the Nazgul, mind you, but by a mere orc. And here's a puzzling question. If the true healing powers of Ethelas are reserved for the king of Gondor, 
Why would the dwarves seek for it in this situation? How is it that Bard the Bargeman knows the name of a mere weed given to pigs? My guess is that the movie makers aimed to echo the significance of Frodo's scene in Fellowship, but they deviated so far from the original tale, not to mention diminished the vital role Ethelus plays in The Lord of the Rings, that I find this whole scene in The Hobbit an outright travesty. But fear not, for the misfortune of Keeley's subplot doesn't end there. The dwarves, in their quest to find Ethelus, unwittingly invite battle-hardened orcs into Bard's humble abode. Now, get ready, because what comes next is beyond reason. Despite being outnumbered and weaponless, the dwarves and children miraculously emerge from this dire situation without a scratch, until the elven saviors arrive. Legolas and Tauriel dispatch the orcs with swift precision. To make this adaptation even worse, let me remind you that both Legolas and Tauriel are inventions of the movie, not born from Tolkien's pen. At least, during The Hobbit, that is. But wait, there's more absurdity to unravel. Enter the elf maiden, radiating in a shroud of white light, who saves our poisoned short friend. Ah, a scene reminiscent of Arwen aiding Frodo in fellowship. But let us not forget that this very scene was an invention of the film, not the book. And now we find Tariel, an elf, possessing knowledge of Ethelus's true value. Well, that I can accept, for it befits the realm of elves. But Keeley's poison and weed-induced dream, where Tariel glows with an otherworldly light, that is where a line is crossed. This is what many mistake for love, born from the trauma of shared experiences. However, let us not forget that Tolkien was hesitant to depict love crossing racial boundaries. We have but one instance of a Maya and an elf, Melian and Thingol from the Silmarillion. We find four instances of love between an elf and a man, Luthien and Beren, Tuor and Idril, Elwing and Eärendil, and Arwen and Aragorn. Each of these pairings carries immense consequences for the fate of elves and men in Middle-earth, and for the struggle against the forces of evil. None of these unions were entered into lightly, and not once do we encounter a love story between a dwarf and an elf. So why, you may ask, was this romantic subplot introduced? Perhaps the movie maker sought to inject tension and allure into a story that originally had no romance. Maybe they hoped to engage a wider audience, one that may not have been drawn to The Hobbit otherwise. But to me, this subplot clashes so violently with Tolkien's meticulously crafted lore that it feels utterly wrong. And to dare elevate it to the level of Aragorn and Arwen's love story, well, fellow wanderers, I struggle to find words to express the sheer dreadfulness of such a decision. Ah, all of this over a simple plant. But this is the podcast where we wander deep and far in Middle-earth. And if you've read even one chapter of The Lord of the Rings, you know how important plants were to J.R.R. Tolkien. So don't mess with them! As our journey through the realm of the Hobbit film continues, let us turn our attention to Sauron's machinations of war, something that is entirely made up from the Hobbit book. First, we encounter the imprisonment of Gandalf at Dol Guldur. In Tolkien's tale, the great wizard's absence during the events of the Hobbit was shrouded in mystery. Yet, in the movie, we are presented with an elaborate subplot involving Gandalf's capture and subsequent battle against the Necromancer. Now, while this addition may be intended to add depth and suspense to the narrative, I find it to be a needless departure from the source material. Gandalf's role in The Hobbit was already rich and significant, and this divergence only serves to muddle the story and distract from the main quest of our beloved Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins. Although, I will say, the battle of literal light versus literal darkness is truly amazing to see. 
especially as Sauron is revealed as a fiery being in the emblematic eye shape. That confrontation is a real treat to behold. Furthermore, let us turn our gaze towards the army of orcs. In Tolkien's masterpiece, it is the fearsome forces of the Misty Mountains, seeking revenge for the killing of the Goblin King, that present a formidable obstacle for our band of dwarves and their hobbit companion. However, in Jackson's adaptation, the orcs are spawned from Dol Guldur, the very stronghold where Gandalf finds himself entangled. By shifting the origins of the orc army, the movie makers have tampered with the essence of Tolkien's vision and sacrificed the integrity of a story for the sake of cinematic convenience. Lastly, let us contemplate the character of Smog, the mighty dragon whose presence haunts the pages of The Hobbit. In Tolkien's tale, Smog is portrayed as a creature of immense power and intelligence with a mind of his own. He is driven by his own desires and motivations, separate from the machinations of Sauron and his dark plans. However, in Jackson's interpretation, Smog seems to possess an uncanny awareness of Sauron's intentions, almost as if he is an extension of the Dark Lord himself, claiming that darkness is coming and will fill every corner of the land, even hinting that Bilbo carries something gold and precious. This connection between Smog and Sauron is an invention of the movie makers, and one that undermines the distinctiveness and independence of the dragon's character, although later we do find out that Gandalf was worried that Sauron would put the dragon to his own uses. But it also distracts from the clever riddle game of titles that Bilbo cleverly plays with the dragon. Yes, Smog says lovely titles to Bilbo's game, but Smog seems to have foreknowledge that Thorin is the one who sent Bilbo thus diminishing the mystery and importance of the game, and places the focus more on Sauron's plans than on Bilbo's adventure. But just a quick note, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman work so well with each other that they simply carry this movie. By intertwining Smog's fate with Sauron's designs, the movie makers rob the audience of the opportunity to appreciate the complexity of Smog as a character in his own right. They reduce him to a mere pawn in Sauron's grand scheme diminishing his impact and relegating him to a subordinate role. This decision not only deviates from Tolkien's original vision, but also undermines the depth and significance of the encounter between Bilbo and Smog, which is meant to be a battle of wits and courage between two distinct entities. I have one more adaptation to consider with you. The statement that dwarves are not heroes. We'll get to that right after this break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply let's explore a fascinating divergence between the portrayal of dwarves in the movie and the words of Tolkien himself. In the chapter, a profound statement about dwarves is made, quote, Dwarves are not heroes, but calculating folk with a great idea of the value of money. These few words encapsulate a fundamental aspect of dwarven nature, a shrewdness and pragmatism rooted in their love for gold and treasures. It is a statement that sets them apart from the archetypical heroes often found in epic tales. 
Yet in Peter Jackson's adaptation, we witness a significant departure from this core concept. The movie depicts the dwarves displaying a remarkable amount of heroism, bravely following Bilbo into the treacherous depths of Smog's lair and engaging in intense battles with the fearsome dragon. This departure, while undoubtedly thrilling and visually captivating, deviates from Tolkien's vision. By transforming the dwarves into valiant heroes, the movie makers sacrifice the essence of their calculating nature, their deep-rooted connection to the material world, and their desire for wealth and power. This shift in characterization not only alters the dynamics within the group, but also diminishes the significance of Bilbo's role as the unlikely hero who embarks on a journey of self-discovery. Remember, these movies are not about a Baggins who has an adventure and does unexpected things. They are about a dwarf prince reclaiming his long-lost kingdom. While the heroic exploits of the dwarves may make for compelling cinematic moments, it does not stay true to Tolkien's vision. The dwarves' unique perspective, their distinctiveness as a race, and their motivations, so eloquently summarized in Tolkien's words, are overshadowed by a more conventional heroic narrative. However, let us not dwell solely on the shortcomings of this adaptation. Some aspects of the sequence are worthy of praise, such as the detail and architecture of the dwarves' kingdom. The movie immerses us in a world of intricately designed underground dwellings that bear witness to dwarves' once incredible skill in building and crafting. Although clearly they had no safety standards, as I don't see any handrails anywhere. The meticulous attention to detail and the visual splendor of these scenes are a testament to the movie maker's ability to bring Tolkien's vision to life. Furthermore, the movie treats us to breathtaking shots, such as the molten gold flowing through the cavernous halls of Erebor. These moments of visual grandeur capture the magnificence of the Dwarven Kingdom and serve as a reminder of the immense wealth and splendor that lies within. Equally commendable are the depictions of the vast forges and the intricate mining system that lie hidden beneath the surface. These scenes hint at the dwarves' industrious nature and their ability to harness the resources of the earth, paying homage to the dwarves' reputation as exceptional miners and craftsmen. While we can appreciate the attention to detail and the visual marvels of the Dwarven Kingdom in The Desolation of Smog, we must also acknowledge the departure from Tolkien's fundamental characterization of the dwarves as calculating folk, driven by their pursuit of wealth. The transformation of dwarves into heroes, while entertaining, strays from Tolkien's vision and alters the dynamics and depth of their roles within the story. As we draw near to the end of this episode, let's reflect on the three significant deviations we explored in the film adaptation of The Hobbit. The unconventional romance between an elf and a dwarf, the intertwining of Sauron's machinations, and the portrayal of heroic dwarves. While each deviation carries its weight of criticism, one stands out as the most egregious in my eyes. The cheapening of the character, role, and story of Aragorn. Consider the significance of Aragorn's tale within Tolkien's grand tapestry. It is no mere coincidence that the third book of The Lord of the Rings bears the title The Return of the King. Aragorn's journey from the shadows to the throne is an essential thread that weaves throughout the narrative, symbolizing hope, redemption, and the restoration of glory. Central to this story is the role of Ethelas, the healing herb that plays a pivotal role in Aragorn's rightful ascension as the king. Furthermore, Aragorn's marriage to Arwen signifies not only a deep personal connection, but also a powerful union that restores the lineage of men to their Numenorean heights. This union carries significant implications for the fate of both elves and men in Middle-earth, and their struggle against the forces of darkness. 
Yet, the small deviation introduced in this film, driven by a desire for cinematic connections, undermines the carefully crafted story of the return of the king. It is in moments like these that we recognize the delicate balance required when adapting beloved works of literature to the silver screen. While the allure of creating connections and expanding narratives may seem enticing, it is vital to approach such adaptations with the utmost respect for the author's original vision. Tolkien's meticulously designed story deserves reverence, for it carries profound themes and resonates with readers on a deep, nearly spiritual level. In our journey through Middle-earth, we must be vigilant in upholding the integrity of Tolkien's storytelling. We should celebrate the rich tapestry he has gifted us, and be cautious of alterations that disrupt the intricate threads of his narrative. I wonder if the Hobbit filmmakers sometimes look back at the Hobbit movies and echo Bilbo's last words in The Desolation of Smog, quote, What have we done? My hope is that future adaptations, from the Rings of Power to the newest movies, can stay true to Tolkien's source material, so that the timeless themes, poignant character arcs, and profound messages that Tolkien so eloquently wove into his works continue to inspire and resonate with audiences for generations to come. And so, I say farewell for now. Join me on the path ahead as we delve deeper into the enchanting tapestry of Tolkien's world by wandering the next chapter of The Hobbit in our next episode. Remember, dear listeners, that the magic of Middle-earth is not confined to the realms of fiction. It lives on within each of us, igniting our imaginations and nurturing our love for tales that transport us to extraordinary realms. So, keep wandering, keep dreaming, and keep embracing the enchantment that lingers in the air. May the winds of Middle-earth guide your steps as you continue your own remarkable adventures. Safe travels, fellow wanderers. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within five or ten minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. 
That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice.